Jupiter, he really enjoys using going through the nine steps, and he enjoys using the music app. Yes. Can you just share a little bit about what you've seen with him enjoying the tutoring and also enjoying to read now? Yeah, that is that still uh, it kind of just takes my breath away, and is so almost shocking to me when I catch him just reading casually. Um, when you have a child who you know, couldn't memorize his letters, you know, going on a couple years working on that to reading four or five letter words, spelling, spelling difficult and challenging words that I think are even above his level. It's just, it still catches me off guard. And it's so, um, it's so amazing and fulfilling to see that. And I could see how, like you mentioned, how proud he is of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, I think we both felt very kind of hopeless because we didn't know what was wrong. We didn't know, you know, why these things weren't sticking. And so, yeah, it's, he, he actually um, enjoys reading and he's actually, I mean, for how much he's had to catch up, he's actually really good. So my special guest today is Dale Ann Springer. She's a gal who has had dyslexia. And as a child, she has some very interesting stories she wants to share. And I believe her stories will inspire you to help your children and also help you as a parent. Hi, Dale Ann. Welcome on to the program. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's it's so... um empowering for me to be able to talk about being dyslexic because it was something that I've always tried to hide even as an adult and um, uh, being able to share my story from when I was a child is even uh, uh, kind of brings tears to my eyes (laughs) so when when I was uh, when I first went to kindergarten um, and they they had all the little advanced classes and reading classes and and all the little groups um, we all started in one group and then the next thing we know, we were two or three groups and then I was always in the bottom group and, and I always wondered why I was in the bottom group. And I finally realized it was because I didn't read, um, or I didn't read as well as the other children. So, um, to overcome that, um, nobody knew that I was dyslexic and couldn't really see what the words were. Um, they, the letters just got so confusing for me, um, it was about when I got to the third grade that they, and I still wasn't really reading, I'd join reading groups and this is what I would do. I'd listen to the other children read and then I'd memorize what they were, what was being said. Goodness. And when it came to be my turn, then I would just repeat whatever they had said and, and then they'd say that good job and then we'd all move on. Isn't that something? So, so by the time I got to the third grade, the teacher realized I did not know how to read. And, um, I recognized some words by the third grade, but there was a lot that I couldn't do. So I, uh, the, the teacher suggested that we do flashcards with my mother and at home. And so they did the flashcards with uh, saw and was, that, and what, then, and then. And uh, so they put all those cards in these piles, and then my mother would do the pull up the card. And um, got to the point where I'd just be in tears because I could not 
get through those uh, cards uh, without her getting angry at me uh, because I couldn't figure out what the word was mm. and it was always making a mistake. It was, it, it got to be terrible. Um, then finally I had a, a teacher in the fourth grade uh, that actually sat down with me and tried to help me to uh, learn how to recognize the words, groups of words, sound them out. And it was, had a lot to do with sounding them out also that helped me. And, um, and then finally I learned how to read. And uh, imagine how excited I was that I could actually read something. Well, in fourth grade, you got it right in time. Yes. And, you know, it was interesting. That summer, I probably read 17 books. Maybe not big ones, but I got every book I could get my hands on. (laughs) Got a library card. That's the most exciting thing that ever happened. But, you know, even even today, um, and I'm 75, (laughs) and and an owner of my own business, I've that I've run for the last 16 years. I was actually in the high-tech semiconductor industry as a vice president of sales and marketing. Mm. And I, I also taught science and math. I'm very science-oriented mm. uh, when I first got out of college. So bottom line is really a lot of hope um, that you can uh, overcome that disability and, and really um, rise to the occasion, do well, be you know, be happy with it. But what's really interesting that I still do today, um, if I'm driving down the road and I see a sign, I don't usually, and I don't see all the letters or my mind doesn't see all the letters. Uh I just fill in what it is. Uh (laughs) So, so it might say something totally different than what I thought it said. (laughs) So uh, it never leaves you. You just have to always be aware of it and, uh, and, and uh, understand what you do to compensate for what you are missing. So it, it's been a journey. Yeah. Well, and so what was your college journey like? Um, you had accommodations real- and. Well, um, nobody knew I was dyslexic. So you never had uh, an IEP? No. Okay. So when I, when I went to college, um, uh, I, I guess I had, uh, I had more of a, a photographic memory in some aspects. I wasn't eidetic, but I, I could remember pages of things. Um, they could have, uh, I just recall them. Mm-hmm. But dur- during my college years, um, I stopped being able to see the pages and I went to a, um, uh, uh, actually an eye doctor. And he said, he pointed out that my, one of my eyes was a lazy eye and it was, was looking to the side instead of looking in uh, towards the nose so you when you read and so I wasn't seeing everything I'd have to see it three or four times before my mind would uh, comprehend what I was where I was trying to go so he gave me a bunch of eye exercises and that brought my uh, ability to see and read back again so um, uh, it was quite a journey um, wow that's wonderful so it, you got that eye therapy yes I, I had no idea and I, I'm, I'm sure most people have no idea that that kind of thing can happen. Yeah, so parents have to look at the whole child. Sometimes it's hearing. I once tutored a dyslexic boy who um, the nurse at the school passed him that his hearing was fine. But as a little second grader, I knew he was not something was not right because he wasn't keeping up with the group, but he was a bright kid. And it turned out his mother took him to out, an outside nurse 
and his hearing was as if he was underwater. Oh. So he had to get tubes in his ears. And um, he, I saw him at the gym a couple of years ago and he recognized me and thanked me for all I did to help him. And now he's a big buff trainer at our gym. Oh, <laughs> and he's on Instagram and it's always so cool to see him being so successful. But parents need to look outside the school system if they think their child has maybe trouble hearing, if the vision death just doesn't seem right. There's the other exercises to help. And, you know, I have a nephew who had a lazy eye that had surgery. And a lot of people have lazy eyes that have surgery. But you never needed that, huh? No, he gave me exercises where I'd bring the pencil to my nose. And I did that and a couple of other things that I did uh, reading wise, looking at things. And um, he said if it didn't strengthen the the eyes by doing that every day several times, then they'd have to do something to... um, uh, surgically to adjust it. But um, I did faithfully did the exercises. And um, uh, he said that uh, I wouldn't need to have surgery on my eyes in order to be able to make them turn in. So let me ask you, when you were um, teaching science and math, they're putting so much reading into science and math. How did you get around not being able to read? Well, you were you were reading by fourth and fifth and sixth grade. But still, to be teach and by what? You're going to laugh when you hear this. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I, I, it was very difficult for me to write on the board, uh, the chalkboards. Um, Uh uh, The the dyslexia was bothered me there. Yeah. So what I would do a lot, um, and the kids had a blast. So I I have to just I have to tell people. Just when before we had whiteboards, we had chalkboards. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> so, some of our listening audience might not know what a chalkboard is. I, that's You're tongue absolutely. in cheek. <laughs> so, mostly what I would do with the kids, and it was so much fun, uh, we did hands on things. Yes. Uh, if, we were, if we were doing uh, something about uh, learning about uh, biology, uh, human physiology, uh, we did things where they, you know, laid down on the paper and drew an outline of, of broke up in teams and drew an outline of, a, of one of the kids. Then one group would put in all the hearts and uh, organs and the other group would put on all the bones and another group cool. would have their with all the vascular system. And so we did a lot of fun things. I even took them when we did physics. I even took them for, and this was in the 70s, I took them for an airplane ride. My husband was a pilot. And uh, so we, uh, we cool. went weightless and did tr- centripetal force and, um, and we just had a great time. Well, so, so it's interesting that you should have asked the question because I didn't realize that, that I, that's why I most likely did what I did because I felt very comfortable being uh, hands-on as opposed to being um, let's all put our noses down on a piece of paper and do a math right. uh, equation. Well, we, we tell the audience that the four areas where dyslexic people really thrive is in entrepreneurism, architecture, engineering, and the theater and arts. So when um, dyslexic people want to get degrees, they don't need degrees. They can get technical, they can go to technical school and get certificates that they need to, you know, for completion to work in their job. But there are accommodations that they can receive if they go to college to get a degree. I know a surgeon who's dyslexic. And I know um, other professionals who there's one, one gentleman I interviewed, he designs uh, 
sports cars. So, you know, to get whatever degrees they need, there's accommodations that can help them be successful getting through college. So that's, um, we have some information. People could always email me, but let people know what you're doing right now. You have an interesting career. Um, (laughs) Yes. Well, um, being very science oriented, I I was in the high-tech semiconductor industry and we did uh, 1X photolithography and we took that company from a startup to a hundred million in, in three years. It's still public today. And um, I did another startup with uh, uh, wet chemical processing. Um, and we took that company public. It was merged with another public company. So I, I was really in the high tech industry, really seeing a lot of science. And um, then I shattered my leg and I sat in a wheelchair with my leg up for uh, two years, gained a hundred uh-huh. pounds. Uh-huh. I thought life was over. And um uh, so I went in the science world to find something that would be um, could manage the pain and, and make life better. Uh-huh. I discovered a frequency following response and developed a product called uh, the master key. And um, I that piece of equipment is a I have a library of 900 recordings from top professionals in their field. Even Deepak Chopra did a, a recording for me. I have one from Marianne Williamson, Bob Proctor, Lisa Nichols. Um, I have a whole uh, army of recordings that people can listen to while the lights are are on, uh, taking you into the brainwave state of theta. Uh-huh. And uh, my, my largest, so I'm, I'm doing light therapy. So I have uh, the blue light for um, stress reduction and managing PTSD and all kinds of things, or just learning how to play golf while you're while you're using the lights to take you into the brainwave state of theta where you relax and you can learn things. Mm. And then, so I've, I've done that for the last uh, 16 years. Now I'm in a, uh, I have a clinic in a active adult community and I've added more uh, light therapy. So I have red light therapy. We take, uh, you, we remove uh, inflammation and cause and the causes of pain. And so people can lay down on the, on the mats, their single frequency, single wavelength, frequency 600 to 660 nanometers and um, that way they can uh, reduce the inflammation manage the pain and actually uh, red light is the only light that actually uh, causes cells to uh, regenerate Uh, nasa discovered that when they were going into space in the 60s they realized if you don't have red light you'll you die (laughs) let me ask you have you heard of the um, mrs imrs it's also a mat, electromagnetic mat. Oh, yes, electromagnetic ones. I have heard of those, yes. Yeah, that's something we got in our family when we learned about the benefits of the, to health. And, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, my husband's back was killing him. And when he was on that mat, it helped him. But there's so many resources out there to bring wellness to people, right? Yes, drug-free health and wellness. Drug that's free. what I'm focused on, using what is, you know, what our bodies need and what our bodies use naturally. Um, and uh, light therapy is, you know, there's, there's more than 40,000 papers on the National Institute of Health website, um, NIH.gov, um, that anything you can think of is, is mainstream as far as they're concerned with red light therapy. Um, 80 to 90% of all illness that's out there is caused by stress. Um, and which we, which we can control with the blue light therapy, um, just re- reducing the stress uh, frequencies. 
um, by well, letting the let the audience reach out to you. That sounds it's real fascinating, but I know you could go at length to share what the blue, red, and red light differences are. And it's it's really if some people want to learn more about it, how can they reach you? Uh, they can just email me at uh, dale at newreality.com. Okay. And it's and reality, <laughs> new reality, not reality, reality. <laughs> reality. <laughs> I know when you and I met, you had learned about what I was doing with music. Yes. To help retrain the brain of a dyslexic child. And, and we're ready to start our research very soon. And after we show that the value of the music to the brain versus the the children who don't use the music and they don't get that extra value. Everybody benefits from an Orton Gillingham model of multi-sensory reading, but those who use the music will have more significant uh, improvement and where this could most likely be considered music therapy. Yes. And I would say, love that. You could put it in my library even uh, for, uh, to for people to to come in and use um if they add the blue light to the light uh, to your with the music um what happens is the brain uh, moves from beta wide awake to to alpha where we go 25 percent of the time every day when we're happy or doing something we enjoy then we move on into theta where you go every night and every morning before you wake up for about 45 minutes the body actually when will take you to uh, theta in in 10 minutes, uh, give you some positive information, a guided meditation to go with it and the music, um, and then, uh, bring you back. Now, if you're, if you're doing it for dyslexic children, um, you would talk to them about the things that you would talk about with the music and the lights, the body relaxes, and then they can learn. And that's why Einstein and and Tesla and all the great thinkers would take a nap because they knew that they could solve or, learn something new when they were in the meditative state of theta. And that's something I get lots of ideas when I'm sleeping. I get, have lots of vivid dreams. In fact, um, for people who believe in God, <laughs> um, my, you know, my husband woke up at four 30 in the morning and heard a voice within him that said, build the app. And he resisted it. And then he heard it again, build the app. And he woke up and he, and he didn't tell me till that night, but that morning I saw something else with music and uh, physical therapy where there was a glove that an elderly person wore and it was connected to music and it was helping their whole body because of the music and the glove. So I'm already connecting the music to reading and we knew we had to do something instead of just playing music on a CD in the olden days. And so we spoke with some friends of ours. One, the man was a sound engineer. And he said, if you get me some classical music and record the spelling exercises, I can put that on, um, on an app for you. So we started that process in 2018. And we have an app developer who developed it. But we just feel that this was really God ordained to have this app. And I'm going to be promoting it very shortly to parents and teachers um, I haven't even promoted it for three years because it's part really? of my reading program. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll send you, I, I sent the copy to, uh, uh, to Daniel. Um, but uh, we did a study with, in Florida with, uh, we have a, a program called Accelerated Learning um, mm-hmm. and it's for kids and uh, they use the blue light glasses. And um, then they, there's a, a set of 12 recordings and music that go, 
uh, with each topic that they might be working on. So we gave the, there was a, a group of uh, 18 disadvantaged students in, in um, and educationally challenged students in uh, Florida. Uh, so they, we gave them all the equipment and um, uh, they decide they teach them calculus. <laughs> Everybody you have went, to wrap mm. this up in two minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so we, so we, we gave them the lights. They all got A's and B's. They were DNF students. They all got A's and B's because yes. it took the stress off of their bodies while they were trying to learn. They weren't stressed out. And so it really lines up with exactly the kinds of things that you're doing with your app. I'd like yeah. to connect with you further about that. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know, audience, there's a lot to learn. And I know we all have, um, when we're at full capacity, it's hard to take in anything new, but maybe after you practice what you're in right now, you'll have more room to bring in something new, whether it's lighting, whether it's music, but we're here for you as a resource. And we want to thank you for tuning in with us. You can, if, if what we have shared has inspired you, please go on to our website at dyslexia-solutions.com. I was only going to have this be a podcast because we can't see Dale Ann, but what she shared is such good information. I'm going to go ahead and put it on our YouTube channel uh, without an intro, and I apologize for that, but I want you to hear this valuable information. And again, if you need your child to get um, assessed for dyslexia, there's a free download on my website at dyslexia-solutions.com. It's a letter that you can download, fill it out, and take it to your school. And if you need any instructions on how to do that and fill it out, you could just call me. So, Dale Ann, thank you so much for being with us today. Wish you the very oh, best. Thank you very much. Okay. It was an honor to, to, to be able to, to be part of your world there. I just really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. for listening to this podcast in its entirety. If what we shared today has inspired you, would you please visit our website, dyslexia-solutions.com and consider making a donation so that we can keep these podcasts going. Also, please subscribe to our channel and find me on, on Instagram, Marianne Sintron. Thank you again for tuning in and may God bless you.